1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and coverage match limited by state law
2: Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast
1: Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone As he sits down with his
2: friends from the world of professional sports Now, now up to, to bet, Brett
3: Boone We've had so much experience, Eric, been in so many different capacities, assistant coach, head coach, college. Uh, Like you said, when you first were getting into it, equal to the G League, I think you mentioned college baseball versus pro baseball. Very different, but but I, I don't think equal to college basketball versus pro basketball. I think the college level is a little higher than a college baseball would be because of the minor leagues. Um, you played at USD. How different between an SEC type program, a Pac-10 type program versus NBA basketball?
2: Well, I think that's a, the, as, as the NBA has evolved with now everybody having a minor league team, the roster, ha, you know, has expanded. When I was with the Timberwolves as an assistant coach, and there was really only 12 players. Now there's, 15 players, there's guys on two-way contracts, there's players on Exhibit 10 contracts. I think the college game at an SEC level is much closer now to what an NBA roster is like, especially when you look at those roster spots like 8 to 15 and you take away the top eight on the rotation. It, it's it's getting closer and closer with each year. Uh, but still, as, as you know, Brett, the difference between a pro player – and a college player, in my opinion, whether it's, you know, SEC football, SEC basketball, SEC baseball, there's still a dramatic difference just because it's so hard to play at the professional level and have a career. I think for a, for a basketball player, you know, maybe a year or two putting on an NBA uniform could be a realistic goal for a lot of the top players uh, in college. But to actually have a career where you're, you're, where you're on second and third contracts that's so difficult. You've got to have such great professionalism. You've got to carve a niche uh, and do one thing really, really well at the basketball level to be able to last and be an NBA player. Um, but certainly, I do think that that in our league, meaning the SEC, what's going to happen in the first round is much the way it's gone the last several years, the SEC is going to have a lot of first round draft picks. And so I do think that with each passing season and, and, again, the way that the G League has evolved and the and the rosters have expanded, we are getting much, much closer from a talent level maybe than what we were 10 or 12 years ago.
3: And it's it's always interesting for me to talk to people that, that have grown up and made a living in, in another sport at the highest level. Baseball is very unique. When I'm a college baseball player, it's – there's still discipline involved. If I don't show up to the weight room, I've got to run laps. You get to pro ball. It's more of, no, we're, we're going to treat you a little bit more like men now. And there's still, there still might be a curfew here and there you get to the big leagues. No, now you're a man. We expect you to be a finished product. We're not going to babysit you, but if you don't get your job done, you're going to get fired. Yep. So there's a completely different way that the coaching staffs, the manager uh, from big leagues to minor leagues, minor leagues, you're still teaching uh, big leagues. It's like you're a finished product and I'm not here to hold your hand. You're hitting six today and I expect you to get a couple hits. And if you don't, you'll get fired. You'll go back to the minor leagues or we'll just get released. We'll, we'll get ready all together. College baseball. Still. I remember my, my coach in, at USC, Mike Gillespie, Wednesday, you know, we'd have practice and sitting out there and and Skipper's got the he's got his notes. He says, "Uh, yeah, Mr. Boone, uh, you didn't go to the weight room today uh, or yesterday. What's the problem? Skip. uh, Hey, I'm a baseball player. I don't lift weights. And this is back in 1988. And he's like, well, I I don't care what you do. The rules are you go to the weight room. Well, I didn't go. I'm not going to lift weights. All right. We'll start running. Okay, I'll run. (laughs) you know, next week, same thing, start running big leagues. That's not going to happen. It's going to be your big boy handle it as a coach in the college game. Did you feel like at the college level, I've got to teach and kind of nurture and kind of help in the process of turning these young men into men. And, and how is that approach different from being a head coach in the NBA? Is it like baseball or are there differences?
2: No, I, th- I think, uh, you know, basically the example you gave, Brett, is, is, is what goes on. I mean, obviously, uh, my background just so unique because I have coached college, I have coached in the G League, and have coached at the NBA level. So I've kind of experienced all three. And what I try to do is bring all three together, all those experiences. So, um, you know, if a player is playing at Arkansas and they want to live alone – I give them that freedom. If they want to have two roommates, that's cool. If they want it, some guys are living four to a place. Um, and I give them that freedom or maybe some other programs. It's you know, this is exactly what you're doing. You do not have an option. When we're on the on the road and we're going uh, to eat at Arkansas, I might ask the guys, hey, do you, what kind of restaurant you guys want? You want Italian food? You want sandwiches? You know, what steak? What do you, What do you guys want? Um, instead of maybe where a lot of college programs, everything's already set up. So I've tried to take a lot of the stuff that we would do at the NBA level, uh, but with the understanding that the reason I love coaching college basketball is because you can have an impact on trying to, what you said, Brett, like how do you get a player to understand when he gets to the next level? And it could be NBA, could be G League, could be playing in Europe. How do you get that player to understand what it's like to be a pro show up on time don't miss the weights uh, do the extra things be the first one in the building be the last one to leave. what do you like in the video room how much do you understand the scouting report? can you go out on the practice floor and skeleton offense with and and you know all five positions uh, some of those things I think that that we can really really help. Uh, get a player ready for the next level because I've been there. I understand what it's like to go through the draft process. I understand the questions that are asked when you go into a draft room. So all those things, Brett, I think are things that you've got to educate and try to get a college student athlete to understand what is coming if his career prep path is going to potentially take him to be a professional player.
3: I had a son that went to uh, play college baseball. And the first question was, uh, well, does the coach that – I said, here's what I care about. I care about him getting his education, pursuing his dream, which is being a professional baseball player. But at the same time, that, that college coach, beyond the X's and O's, beyond of, uh, of teaching you how to play short at a high level, that's kind of secondary. I, I thought, no, I want this – is this guy going to be a good dad away from his real dad? Is he going to mold him and, and turn him into a man to bring him back? Because as you see, you see guys come and go. Not everybody's going to have a career in the NBA when they go through college. But are, when you let them go, when they're done playing, did you make a difference? Is is that how you approach a lot of your college athletes?
2: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt, Brett. I think the, you know the, the greatest thing is when a player – leaves, graduates, and then you have a relationship with him, you know, several years later, many years later. And, and so for us, I think that's a, that's a big key. I mean, some of the guys that, um, you know, that we had at Nevada now that we're looking at seven, eight years away from coaching some of those guys, some of the greatest things ever getting invited to a wedding uh, a, a player calling and asking, Hey, can you, can you call, Ah, uh, this job. I'm I'm applying for a job. Can you help me? Use me. You know, can can I use you as a reference? Um, those are some of the guys that want to get into coaching. I mean, those relationship type things, or somebody uh, is sending pictures that they just had a child. Um, all those experiences and relationships are just much different, maybe, than what you would experience. Uh, As an NBA coach, I mean, certainly you want relationships as an NBA coach or an MLB manager or an NFL coach. Uh, But I do think you can have much more depth because of what you're talking about that you went through with your own son is a coach does oftentimes take on a father figure for many of the guys. and, 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 And what are you doing in the time that you coach that student athlete and then the time that he leaves you? How much have you helped prepare him for the real world to become a husband, uh, to become a father, and and, and to have success uh, in the business world? Those are all things that become paramount if, if you're coaching any sport at the collegiate level.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've
3: been an assistant at the collegiate level. You've been a head coach at the collegiate level. Assistant in the NBA. Head coach in the NBA. What are the biggest differences in the two we'll, we'll, we'll start with college being an assistant now being the man i i played with i played for a lot of great managers in my career i played for some some organizations that had great bench coaches doesn't necessarily mean a great bench coach is a great manager uh vice versa doesn't mean a, a mediocre bench coach can't manage It's it's personalities it's how they handle it what were the biggest, and I don't even know if it's fair to call them challenges, but what's the differences of being an assistant and now you take over a program and now the buck stops with you? That wins and losses, they're going to fall on you as an assistant, maybe not so much. Yeah, the overall picture is going to be taken into account, but at the end of the day, the success and the failure is usually going to land on that head coach.
2: Well, I think, Brett, for me, my my path at the collegiate you know, is, is just way different than almost anybody because I, you know, I started off in pro basketball um, and I was, I did not have a job in college until I had already been a head coach of the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors. So uh, I was an assistant coach after having the experiences that I had at the NBA level. And, And I did that because I knew that I did not know the college landscape. I didn't know how to recruit. I didn't know how to put together a college basketball schedule, um, so I had to learn. I spent two years at Arizona State under Herb Sendak, Um, and I learned a lot of stuff. Then I went to LSU for one year, um, and, and the LSU experience really helped me from a recruiting standpoint. I worked for Johnny Jones. Um, the Arizona experience, I really learned how to put together a schedule I learned the, the, the generalities of what the college landscape are like. Um, and without being an assistant coach for those three years, I would have failed miserably as a head college coach. I, the good thing was I knew what I didn't know. And I knew that I had a lot to learn, although I had all this experience uh, at, at the NBA level. And then once I got my head coaching job, I was prepared to put together a staff. I was prepared uh, from an X and O standpoint, and I was prepared from a uh, recruiting standpoint because of those two backgrounds of, of putting my time in. But it was a very humbling experience. I can tell you that, Brett, from, from being a head coach, whether it's the G League, NBA, to going to being a college assistant, it's probably the most humbling experience that I've ever had in my life, um, but, but an experience that I wouldn't trade at all because I learned so much those three years as an assistant uh, to prepare me for my first opportunity, uh, which Nevada gave me that first opportunity. And and I think that's why we had great success for the four years, my first four years as a, as a college head coach, because I was willing to learn um, and, and kind of start as an assistant coach.
3: I, I recently had a, a teammate of mine, uh, utility player's name is Willie Bloomquist. And now he's the head coach at Arizona State Baseball. And and I talked to him about that. I said, how is the process? He said, Brett, I had no idea what I was getting into from a recruiting standpoint. And especially nowadays, you know, when I was coming up, uh, the Major League Baseball draft, uh, if you were the f- first overall pick, you might have got a signing bonus of $400,000. Now you're the first overall pick. It's $13 million. So the first round, the second round, third round, usually in pro ball now, it's an automatic sign. Whereas back in our, you know, back when I was a kid, it wasn't automatic. You had first round picks going to Stanford on a full ride. That's different now. And, and I talked to him, he said, the biggest challenge, Brett, is the recruiting. And I said, because you can't recruit the best players because they'll never get there they'll, they'll be a first round pick. So how do you, how do you recruit, you know, in the baseball world, which is different than basketball, how do you recruit the good guy? That's not good enough to get drafted high enough so you can get him? And he said, and, and there's one more challenge. He said, for me, they rank us in recruiting classes. So I I've got to kind of have some blue chip guys out there, but I know they're never going to see the, the Arizona state campus, but it was fascinating uh, in his journey. This is his second year on, on all the, you know, here's a guy that's in the big leagues for 16 years, baseball uh, for, for many years, the pro game didn't, didn't, overlap with the college game. Now you're seeing more and more ex big leaguers becoming head, head coaches at, at division big programs. Uh, it, but it was really interesting, you know, talking to him about that.
1: 2400 sports is an odyssey company. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?